0: Welcome to the Glacial Multimedia podcast series. The Glacial Multimedia podcast series is dedicated to providing internet marketing education to physicians for better business development and overall patient communication. Hello everyone. Welcome once again to Glacial Multimedia's podcast series. I am your moderator once again today, Daryl Quinlan. Uh, I've been here for quite some time doing a lot of these, so I'm really excited about today's particular podcast. We're going to talk about search in general. What is search? Uh, What are the things that are displayed in search? We're kind of going to define those. This podcast is more for kind of the the layman, the people who are just diving into search and some of the components that are there. But I've got a fantastic crew with me today. Hopefully, this will be a nice, lively discussion and debate. Starting on my left for the podcast listeners, go ahead and introduce yourself. Say hi. Hi, everybody. Uh, This is Andy, and I am
1: the
2: director of SEO here at Glacial. Wonderful. Next up. Alrighty, i'm matt i'm the social media specialist here at glacial thank you very much sir and last of course but not least
3: and i am spencer i'm the director of paid search at glacial wonderful fantastic group
0: today we're really kind of excited to talk about this because i think this is one of those areas where people get a little confused about all the different things that not only go into search of course but what search actually is and there's some pretty big components that are there not only visually but some of the factors that go into it we'll kind of touch on all of that um I think one of the ways that we should start is just talking about the difference between what actually is displayed when someone does a search, the three different areas that are displayed, and then some of the factors uh, that go into that kind of display. So... Um, I'll kind of run down those real quick, and then each of the specialists can kind of talk about their own area and what um, what that is. Just give a little bit of a definition of it. The first thing, no matter what you type into Google, the first thing you're going to see at the very, very top are the ads. And this is Spencer's area. This He's our AdWords guru. So, uh, Spencer, just kind of talk about those ads real briefly, what they're there for, et cetera.
3: Yeah. Uh, like Daryl mentioned, these are generally going to be the very first thing you see and the very last thing you see on a Google search engine result. There used to be sidebar ads as well. Um, You may remember those and a couple months back, Google removed those in favor of adding a fourth spot to the the three ads that were normally on top there. Um, So these ads can display a lot of information, phone numbers, links to your website, etc. And uh, the idea is to generally get people's attention before they scroll too far down the page. Fantastic. So right below the ads, and actually kind of bleeding
0: in now, some of the ads are bleeding into this section, is what we ha- what we call the local section or the map pack. That's where the Google My Business profile, specifically in Google, and we're only talking about Google today, we're not talking about Bing or Yahoo, uh, where the Google My Business profiles populate with the map. So these are the independent profiles not tied to a website, the places where you go in and actually enter in your business's information, your phone number, your address, your office hours, things like that. Additionally, every once in a while, particularly on what we call a branded search, meaning searching for a specific thing by name, either a practice by name or a doctor by name, you'll see on the right-hand side an expanded version of one of these Google My Business profiles called the Knowledge Graph. It usually comes a accompanied with photos and it occupies most of the right hand side so that's the local side of it the map pack and then of course below that the majority of the results that you actually see on a page are now the organic results Andy, talk talked to us a little bit about those Yeah,
1: so the Google results are, uh, or rather the organic results are what people generally think of when you sort of use Google as a verb, you know, which it's kind of become, (laughs) oh, I'm going to Google something, and that's what people are thinking of. So if you uh, have a particular subject you're looking for, you type it into Google and based on what you type in and what Google thinks it knows about you, in other words, your search history, where it thinks you are, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it's going to show you the results that it thinks are best tailored to what you're actually looking for. So if you are, say, in the Houston area, just as an example, and you're looking for, again, as an example, LASIK, you just type in LASIK or LASIK near me or LASIK surgery, something like that, Google is going to do its best to say, okay, well, based on your... IP address and your search history I think this is where you are and I think this is kind of what you're looking for so it's going to take the results that it thinks apply to that best and show them closer to the top and
0: then sort of in descending order of importance from there on out thank you it's it's also probably important to mention that not all the time when you do a search are you going to get all of these results so uh, like Andy's example of searching LASIK Houston is a great example where you're going to see all three things. But there are certain searches, like Cataracts, for example, if you just typed in Cataracts rather, rather than LASIK Houston, where you're not going to see all of these things because you're putting in something that is so general that Google is essentially thinking you're looking for more informational, kind of ser- more informational websites. So you're going to get more of your Wikipedia kind of uh, things that will pop up, and you'll have much, much more organic search displayed on those. Some people get confused because you go to search once and then it looks different the next time you search based on what you're actually searching for. That's correct. So let's talk about some of those of the factors. So It's important to make sure that we all understand the three different components. And all of these components do play in with each other. They rely on each other. They are dependent upon each other to kind of display things in a particular fashion. So let's now talk about some of the factors that go into how in the individual sections these things get displayed. Spence, we'll start with yours on AdWords. I know there's a ton of factors that go into what those are. But give us kind of the highlights, the brief, the real important stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean – The idea for AdWords is really to be both a short-term solution and a long-term solution. So if you're just launching a new website and you want to make sure that you're appearing close to the top of the page, AdWords is definitely where you want to be. Google uh, is very finicky when it comes to where they place those ads. Uh, The real most relevant um, outlier there is is the ad relevance, the keyword relevance. They want to make sure that these are high-quality ads. They're relevant to what people are searching for. So that means that if your keyword is LASIK surgery, your ad should mention LASIK surgery, and the website landing page should also mention LASIK surgery. They want to make sure that somebody's going to have a good user experience through and through. That applies to uh, having a mobile-friendly website as well. Ads that do that well are going to be less money and uh, in higher spaces than ads that do not do the quality score very well. So that's really the primary feature. Uh, of course, keywords are also playing a, a major role there, and you want to make sure that your keywords are accurately, fle- accurately reflecting the services that you offer and, and how you want to find people. So if you're promoting LASIK surgery, you don't want a cataract ad to pop up and confuse people. Going back to
0: the all-important, and I know Andy loves to harp on this, but the all-important relevant factor. If you're typing something in, Google wants to display the things that are relevant to that search.
3: Yeah, and Google's going to reward that relevance, uh, again, with with lower click costs than somebody who is not doing a good job with that. It should also be noted, of course, that... Um, Today is 2016,
0: late in the summer. These factors change all the time. So, Spence, I know there were some recent changes in the AdWords and how their search is displayed. Talk about that a little bit.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, like I mentioned earlier, one of the major changes is the removal of the sidebar ads. Google's official reasoning for that is to bring the desktop version in line with what you'd see on a mobile device. Um, what just recently was announced, actually, just last week, this this started happening uh, Google released their biggest change to AdWords probably since the inception of the program, and that's expanded text ads. That basically means that the ad uh, text limit was nearly doubled. Uh, you have two headlines now instead of one. You have more body text, etc. Uh And this is just to make the ads more useful. They're supposed to make them more noticeable on a mobile device, uh, more information can be presented and make it easier for advertisers to kind of get your message out there without having to worry about the text restrictions. And, of course, the expansion of that also means that
0: there's going to be less space for the rest of us, the local, the organic, which is an ongoing issue that, of course, we have.
3: Yeah, and I think it's worth noting that there's going to be the same amount of slots for websites, but when you're looking on a smaller device, such as a... uh, laptop or especially a cell phone or tablet, the amount of information in these ads, especially when ad extensions are used, are going to push those results down lower on the page. Yep.
0: Google's... Google is definitely going in the preference for the ads as opposed to the other elements. So right be, right below the AdWords, um, like we talked about, you then usually will see the map pack. That's local. That's kind of what I deal with. We're talking about the Google My Business profiles. And so some of the major factors that go into those displaying, because there's only three, you can then click over, of course, to the maps and see many, many more. I think it goes to 30 or 40 now um, if you click over to the maps. But only three will display in a normal search result. So some of the major factors that go into being displayed there, that all coveted territory, are reviews. Absolutely 100% reviews are a major factor in what gets displayed there. But, of course, you will see some that will have no reviews and then will still end up showing up there. So one of the things that the Google My Business profiles are highly dependent upon – Nanny's going to go into this a little, b- little more detail, but is the website itself. How, how much information on your website is talking about you locally? Do you have an address with a phone number in your, in your header, in your footer? Does every single page have it? Do you talk about uh, the, the local services that you provide? Do you mention on your website the service area, where you're located? All of those things are a direct influence from the website to those Google My Business pages. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to rank there, Period. Some of the other factors, and there's many, many, of course, that go into these, these are just some of the biggest one, but are citations, those third-party places like your Yelps, like your Facebooks, like your Yellow Pages, things like that, where you can list your business name, address, and phone number, sometimes a lot more information than that, but basically just name, address, and phone number, and the consistency thereof. So if you have your name listed uh, as one thing in one area... And then something else in another area, Google's going to kind of look at that and say, hey, you're kind of a little schizophrenic. You don't match like your competitor does, so I'm going to rank your competitor a little higher than you because you're not consistent. So those are some of the local factors. Uh, Andy, touch on some of the organic factors. I know there's a ton out there, and then we'll let Matt babble a little bit about the social side of things. But I know there's a ton of things that go into the organic. But what are some of the really big ones, the things that people should really pay attention to right out of the gate?
1: Sure, yeah. There, there are a million of them, as you say. And, uh, you know, talking about consistency is kind of a nice segue into that because at the end of the day, Google's primary concern is ease of use. That's that's what they're going for. Um, In other words, they want the visitor to be able to get to the site quickly and easily, ensure that it's exactly what they were looking for, and furthermore, ensure that once they're on the site, they find the information that they were looking for in a very timely and concise fashion. That's really everything that Google does is in service of that. So when we're looking at factors that affect a website's ability to rank on Google, that's the thing to keep in mind in the back of your head. So is your website's navigation clear and easily navigated? Um, is the content of each page relevant and, you know, does it have enough words to give an idea of what the subject matter is? Um, is it easy to find a link on the site for a relevant word that goes to a related page? Um, are the addresses on the website correct? And, um, Do they match what's on the Google business profiles? That sort of thing. So yeah, as you say, there's there's a million factors, but uh, these are all what we call on-page factors, and some of the you know those are some of the bigger ones to look for. They also will will know if your grammar is bad, if your spelling is bad, things like that. They're they're very they're very smart when it comes to that stuff. So
0: so along those lines to kind of tie it back and make it relevant for those that might be listening. If you want to rank for eye exams in Houston, for example, and your website only mentions eye exams on some hidden subpage, you're not going to rank for it. There's no relevancy there in the eyes of Google. Right,
1: because when when Google spiders that site, they're going to basically evaluate the site based on what words appear most often, and as I said, which pages are easier to get to. So if that particular subject is hidden away in some dark corner of the website, well, Google's going to know that, because their spider couldn't get right to that page, so you're not going to rank for eye exams Houston.
0: Absolutely. And so let's get into the social just a little bit. Matt's been sitting quietly and patiently over there. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Social isn't necessarily something that appears in one of those three areas, but it does, of course, rank organically. Things like Facebook, even Twitter profiles have started to see, have started to rank some Instagram profiles. Um, And those things are factors in, uh, in our three areas, but also have their own things that will that they need to be ranking on that first page. So talk to us a little bit about the importance of the social and how to get ranked on that first page.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, really quick, you know, social is a great branding opportunity for you to really get in front of that fan base um, or in front of that client base and really just kind of tell them what you're all about, um, connect with them on a more personal level and kind of build up that uh, customer loyalty. Um, and, you know, it's possible to get on page one, um, but it is a lot of work, it's a lot of effort, and it's something you got to take seriously. Um, you know, similar to like getting a website to rank on page one, you got to have a lot of traffic going there, you got to have a lot of uh, activity and engagement. Um, you know, you got to have constant uh, presence on there. Um, having posts that go out regularly, you know, Google looks for that. Um, if people comment on your stuff, you should be commenting back, you should be liking. Um, and ultimately you should be growing your page Um, you know the more followers you have i would say the better chance you have getting to page one um you know facebook in particular allows you to have check-ins which is a great opportunity where someone goes to your practice and then they check in on social media and not only does that you know help you with ranking but uh, it's a great way to also broadcast you know get free advertising essentially out of your um, patient base um so yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta have traffic. You gotta be engaging, and you gotta be uh, really taking it seriously and, and communicating with your patient base. One of the things you mentioned is the
0: consistency of it. We've seen some of our clients that do great for six months. They're posting every week. They're really engaging. They're replying back. People are sharing their posts. It just seems like a it's a fun free for all. And then nothing for six months, so they they drop out. Then they do it again, and they get ramped back up, and then suddenly they're back in it. So consistency is a really big factor, I would think, in making sure that you're you're going to be able to be seen for people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know that's something that we can certainly help with. We offer services, you know, to give you a consistent presence. Um, you know, the practices we work with that do the best on social media are ones that are also engaged in their own profile. So. We're, do, we're giving the consistent presence, but they're the ones that are sharing the, the personal content and engaging with that patient base. Um, you know, you don't have to do it all the time, but uh, any posts you can make, even if it's just a few every month, is is great.
0: So we've kind of defined what the, the areas of the search are, the three distinct components of what a visual search looks like. Uh, we've talked a little bit about what some of the factors that go into making sure that you can be found on the first page for those particular results in those sections. Um, and some of the the background factors. And now let's talk just a little bit briefly on how these things all become interrelated. We know, the four of us sitting at this table, that the more services a client does with us, the better off their overall presence is going to be. And we know that because we all four work very closely with each other to try to make that happen. So I'll start out by just giving a really easy example that relates to Spencer's area for AdWords. I work a lot with my clients to try to get them to build up their reviews on their Google My Business page. The AdWords has a section where you can pull those reviews in and be displayed not only in the Google My Business page, but also now in the AdWords section. So my work directly can impact Spencer's work, which can impact your click-through rates, things like that.
3: Right, and that, that's something that a lot of people don't consider. And it, it requires a little bit of work on the practice's end because you do need a certain amount of reviews. And you need those reviews to be at least three stars, um, and what that, that gives you, like Daryl mentioned, you can, those stars will pull into your ads. Not a lot of people show those stars in their ads. It can really help you stand out, improve your click-through rate, improve that quality score that's so important with Google, and hopefully lower your click costs as well over time. So another example of that, and we'll kind of piggyback off that, is that
0: the AdWords campaigns driving traffic to a particular website obviously can help the overall SEO. More traffic is going to make the site more popular, particularly more relevant in the eyes of Google, uh, so that the AdWords campaign that you're running can have an SEO impact overall. Talk about that for a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's very true because amongst the many myriad other ranking factors is, as you say, simply the amount of traffic that's going to a site. So you could be lucky enough to have a site that, for whatever reason, gets 8 million hits a day, and if you're getting that kind of traffic, not that anyone does, but you don't... Unless you're Amazon. Yeah, exactly, or Google, I guess, but (laughs) you you don't have to worry about your on-page SEO, because that's going to outweigh everything. So, obviously, that's an extreme example, and it's generally a balance of the two, but... The point is that the more traffic you get, the more Google is going to see that as sort of a vote of confidence. And, you know, also on that same line, the more people are going to your site, the more they're talking about it, the more they're linking to it. All of these things are seen as sort of votes of confidence from the public at large. And they'll say, well, these... Eight million people are going to the site. They must be doing something, right? So they'll bump you up a little bit.
0: And then, of course, uh, I've already talked a little bit, but the local is very heavily dependent upon the website strength and what the localized content on that website, having that address, having that phone number all match up. Um, And so the the local work which influences Spencer's stuff, which then in turn influences your stuff, which influences my stuff. All of these things are completely independent. And one of the things that we haven't talked about a lot thus far, though, is the social component. How that does impact pretty much all all areas here. I know on mine, if someone has a really strong social presence and they're actively engaged, that means that there's a lot of bleed over into those Google My Business profiles. They're used to not necessarily going directly to a website to find information. They're willing to go to those third-party places. So the Google Google my business profiles, get more clicks. People actually click to call directly through that. Again, more interaction means that it rises higher in the ranks. Talk a little bit about that, if you would.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as I said before, social media is just a, a great branding tool. Um, you know, with AdWords, you you kind of target people based on keywords, so you're you're reaching out to people who are actively looking for your services. On on Facebook, we're kind of reaching out to audiences and kind of, you know, getting the message out there that, you know, you do this service and you, you do it well. And, you know, the idea is, you know, maybe they won't convert right on social media, but after they see your ads or see your page, they'll do a search for you. And that's where they'll come across your local search profiles, your website, and maybe even your AdWords ads.
3: Yeah, Matt Matt brings up a really good point that we didn't really touch upon here at all. And it's really open for another full podcast. But what Matt's talking about is really top-of-mind awareness, and Google has some research that shows that if you have a Google ad in one of the top positions, as well as an organic ad in one of the top positions, somebody's going to be 85% more likely to visit your business than if you didn't have one of the other factors. Um, so that just goes to show that just because you have an ad in the top position doesn't mean it's not important to rank organically and vice versa people need that that brand awareness, that brand recognition. If they've seen your ad um, on Facebook or on another website or something like that, and they have that in the back of their head when they do their search for LASIK, they're going to be considerably more likely to click on your link, whether it's a, a Google AdWords ad, a local listing, or one of those organic spots and we know and we know
0: that this works because our clients uh, not only do we have the metrics to show that it works but our clients also call us up and say hey you know people are finding me my phone is ringing off the hook actually can we slow down a little bit because we're getting a little too busy we're thinking about hiring a couple new people just to keep up with the volume which of course is great for us because we like to see that those things work but again just goes back to that all important factor that all of these things do influence each other whether directly or indirectly there is definitely
3: crossover
0: in all of these areas
3: and to kind of close upon this, and again, I think we could have a full full other podcast dedicated to this, but something Google preaches are micro moments, or they used to call it the, the zero moment of truth, and that was really the point of influence and what influences people to become buyers, and the majority of it talks about Uh, what they see online when they do that search in the moment they're looking for a service you offer. So whether that's your ad, whether that's reviews that point people in that direction, whatever can influence somebody to go to your business rather than somebody else's is really going to be key to converting that person into a patient. And that's that's what Google calls micro-moments. And we uh,
0: thanks for bringing that up because we are going to be doing a podcast on that very, very specific thing. So we'll be looking for your expertise. How exciting. <laughs> um, all right. So we've defined what search is, the, the components of it. We've talked about some of the factors, how interdependent it all is. I think that's pretty a pretty good kind of search 101 for people that are listening. Any closing thoughts that you guys want to
2: stress about the importance of any of these? Blank faces all around? Nope. I guess one thing I'll add, you know, is, you know, all these different services as we were saying earlier, you know, we can really take up a lot of page one. I mean, oh, absolutely. You get your organic results, your paid search, and, and your local results, and then, you know, who knows, maybe if we try hard and get Facebook in there, you're talking about owning maybe half the first page. Absolutely. Um, which is just an incredible resource.
0: Very good point. Yeah, the more, the more you do, the more you're able to occupy that all-important page one real estate. So it's, it's fantastic when it all comes together and works beautifully. If there's nothing else, once again, thanks, everybody, for uh, participating. Thank you all for listening. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Glacial Multimedia Podcast Series. For more information in regards to future podcasts or services discussed, please visit www.glacial.com or call us at 207-878-5900.